Hey Matt, yeah. you watched uh, you watched Arrested Development, right? I have watched the show. Uh, you know Tobias and how he's a never nude. I do. I do. Well, I was a never nude too for a while. <laughs> did you wear <laughs> jean shorts? I wore. I basically <laughs> cutoffs. I uh, I was afraid to take group showers. Oh well, you know that, I think that's normal. That's pretty normal. Is it? Yeah, I mean, I I wasn't stoked about getting naked in front of my friends in, in it junior high. It was probably high. a good four, three or four years, and even oh. and even still now, like I don't know if I would opt in for a group shower. <laughs> It'd be weird if you if you were the type to just opt in for every group. There shower. There were dudes that just opted in. They were like, "Oh, group <laughs> shower. Let's get in there. Let's do this." What did you? Uh, how did you combat this? Specifically, remember being on a trip in junior high school where. I showered outside on the lawn in my bathing suit, a.k.a. jean shorts. Because you wouldn't go in the showers with the other kids? Yeah, I didn't want to do it. And so you Um, just publicly put yourself out on the lawn as a protest? Yeah. (laughs) I was bold in my protest. (laughs) Well, you exposed your never-nudeness for the world in that that one moment about things. I know, dude. What happened to me? (laughs) Can we talk about this on the Nothing podcast? happened. Nothing happened. You were always this way. Okay. Good. That's, that's what I'm saying. You've been consistent. All right, cool. Welcome to Don't Feed the Trolls, where we are two white dudes talking about <laughs> modesty culture. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Nate. And we want to welcome you to Don't Feed the Trolls, a podcast where we discuss trending topics, art, and culture through the lens of our experiences touring the world and creating art vocationally. We hope to bring topics out of the minefield of the comments sections and into the sphere of reasonable dialogue. Thank you for listening. Yeah, we know a lot about being held down by the man, about uh, being being forced to see our bodies as shameful. Uh, yeah, we know a lot about this topic. We clearly know very little, but modesty is a thing that comes up in our lives quite a bit. So we're going to talk about it today. But first, we've got some updates. Nate, would you oh, like yeah. to update us? Well, how was the uh, Super Bowl Sunday for you yesterday? It was good. Um, Seahawks weren't in it, so I didn't care. I did like watching Cam Newton lose because, man, the guy loves to gloat. And uh, anytime you see a level of hubris met with a level of humility, when you see the arrogant humbled, you think this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jeez. You just love The last love shall humility, be first. Right? Yeah. So anyways, yeah. I, I like that. That's like me and the Dodgers. I'd love to watch the Dodgers lose. Yeah. Sorry, Dodger fans. Yeah, we're just tribal in that regard. We got some emails from listeners. Uh, yeah. They already joined. Yes. Jake P. from Boise, Idaho said, I've been enjoying it. Cast on, fellas. That's Thanks, nice. Jake. Thanks, Jake. Dan A. says, my wife and I binged watch Making a Murderer. You both sound well-informed and educated on the topic. It was fun to listen to. Keep up the good work. I look forward to more episodes. That was a very well-written, well-crafted uh, email. Thank you, Dan. Garrett G. Well, said, in a unit on argumentation with my English 12 students, I will be using this and offering extra credit for additional episodes listened to. How about this for a topic? Why do people dislike Rob Bell so much? <laughs> Nate, you got mixed up with some trolls on, on a Rob Bell post. Yeah, uh, maybe we could uh, talk about the troll on the Rob Bell post. For those who was... don't know, Rob Bell is um, he's in the uh, Oprah Winfrey uh, ecosystem 
was an evangelical pastor and wrote some controversial books. We could probably do some talking about Rob Bell. I think we both have some opinions. Yeah, we can do a Rob Bell episode later, I think. We got some we got some ammo in the canister. Sure we do. Uh, Eric, Eric J says, I literally trying to crap my pants <laughs> on my 40-minute commute home to get my mind off your voices. Eric, let me just say this. If you're going to try to troll us, you it has to be funny. You, and it you, has to be written well. The, the question is, why are you literally trying to crap your pants on a 40-minute commute home? To, and how would crapping your pants get your mind off our voices? <laughs> Maybe it is funny. I don't know. But, hey, um, and usually when you poop your pants, it's a good thing. Like, man, that was so great. I pooped my pants yeah. from excitement. Yeah. So, man, Eric, or from you just laughter. need a lesson in trolling and Trolling jokes. is acceptable only when it's hilarious, Eric J. But thank and he you. was just but, kidding, by the way. And we're, we're just kidding, too. Thank you for listening and trolling yeah. us. Vanessa from Brazil says, would you debate the power of social media in our lives? And I think we will... Today's topic, however, is on modesty, shame culture, and the like. The reason I brought up that story in the beginning is because I think uh, it's something bigger, and I'd like to talk about it. Okay. It seems kind of creepy, though. Uh, <laughs> why? No, it's it, it's not creepy. Hear me out. Okay, so a few days ago, our, our buddies in Reliant K, the band, made a, a fun, lighthearted post. Um, they got some tempers flaring. What did they? What did they write? They wrote, modest is hottest. That's it. And that's uh, that's kind of like a saying that we grew up with, right? Kind of, um, I guess, youth groupy. Modest is hottest. Modest is hot. Modest is hottest. Modest. Yeah, but this post got was like the biggest response they've had all year long on their Facebook page. Um, and, and I think it makes sense. Why? If you Google modesty, um, you basically get like, 20 pages of like Christian articles. Um, and so the word has some baggage. There is some religious baggage with modesty. Yes. And uh, so Matt Hoops, who's in Reliant K, texted me about it. And he said all these people were freaking out about it. So can a bunch of dudes, especially white dudes, <laughs> talk about this? Or will we just lose all our, 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 our female audience? Okay, we can talk about a really polarizing subject. Because we've both been married for five plus years. To smart, educated women. Right. So maybe we can talk about this. Sure, sure. Well, why don't you give us a definition here? What's modesty as defined by the dictionary? Modesty is a noun, the quality or state of being unassuming or moderate in the estimation of one's abilities or behavior, manner, or appearance intended to avoid impropriety or indecency. It would be improper. What's excessive mod- modesty called? You're a prude, dude. <laughs> <laughs> excessive modesty is modeled by your never nude status. You don't want to <laughs> strip down and hop into that group shower. <laughs> what about the guys? What about the guys that are like literally like straddling the you know the counter in in the locker room? They, you know they straddle the hand dryer. You know, and what are just, you talking about? Dry- I have no idea. <laughs> What do you, the hand dryer. Yeah, what do you call those guys that are trying to fluff, you know, trying to dry off with the hand dryer and have no, they don't care that anybody is seeing their fluff their bits the and pieces dryer? float around. What are those guys? What do you call those guys? I have no idea. You call them exhibitionists. 
<laughs> you know, they're fluffing their body parts in in the what? hot air of the. Wait, you're the saying dryer. somebody is drying off their genitals with the hand You've dryer? seen it. You've seen it. I Don't haven't. Act. This happens in every no. 24 hour fitness across the country. This Nobody is in my life has ever so, used a hand dryer. So we have we have the polar opposite. We have gymnophobia and we have exhibitionism. And modesty is kind of, I guess, something in the middle. But we haven't clearly defined it. We don't know what the definition is. Uh, it probably is completely contextual in a lot of ways. Why did people get angry with modest is hottest? I think that's because the word is aimed towards women. And I think it's aimed towards what women are wearing. So I don't think they were trying to say that. And we'll bring Matt on. But I think it's kind of like the word gay. Used to mean happy. Now right. it means homosexual. So in some senses, if you say the word modest, you're going to get someone's just going to blast you. There is context in every situation. There are people from different cultures. There are people in our country that wear burkas. And there are people that wear jeans. And there are people that wear yoga pants. And there are people that wear thongs. You know? So what do you... We've got a wide range. How do we say what's modest? It's difficult because, you know, the the post, Modest is Hottest, got like, you know, 5,000 likes. So on one end, you have a ton of people going, yes, we need to put these rules on people. And then on the other end, you have some people who are like, women can wear whatever. This is terrible. This is, how dare you post this, right? right? So I think as a bunch of men in the middle scratching our heads going, okay, what's going on here? I think we have to look to a woman's opinion and maybe an article is a good way to do that. Um, one of my favorite writers, uh, she writes awesome blogs. Rachel Held Evans wrote an article called Modesty. I don't think it means what you think it means. And she had three main points in her blog. And we'll, we'll give you a link in, in the show notes so you can uh, read along if you want to. The first main yeah. point was, she says, we turn modesty into objectification when we hold women responsible for the thoughts and actions of men. It's not... So if I'm thinking something. It's not her fault that you thought or did something. We have yeah. to treat everybody with the same level of respect, naked or clothed people. That's the basic human decency aspect of... Uh, so, so it's elevating men over women, and therefore turning women into objects. Or or maybe even it's it's sort of turning men into animals in a way. Like they can't control... Men Men are not... Should yeah. not be expected to control themselves. Whereas I think that's, yeah. that's garbage. Obviously, men have to treat women with respect and vice versa regardless of what people are wearing here we and her second point her second right? point was we turn modesty into objectification when we assume there are single standards that apply to all people in our all cultures and that's probably the main one that gets people going right because everyone has a different idea of what modesty looks like in in our non-denominational evangelical upbringing or at least in mine, it looked a lot different. Women wore head coverings in church, uh, long dresses, and you were held to certain standards as far as not being able to wear pants, um, things like that, taking a very literal interpretation of um, New Testament, that whole thing. She think, does kind of say in her article, though, that like a lot of those verses in the Bible are talking about materialism, right? not, not like sexuality. And the third point in Rachel Held Evans' article is, Nate... We turn modesty into objectification when we make women ashamed of their bodies. That's, I think, her biggest point was, you know, she grew up in a, in a, in a shame culture, essentially. Uh, a shame culture is a society in which the primary device for gaining control over children and maintaining social order is the inculcation of shame and the complementary threat 
of ostracism. So she grew up in a society where it's like, you're going to be ostracized if you lead these boys astray. And she was, she talks about in her article, she, you know, her breasts grew earlier than her friends. <laughs> so she's in seventh grade. And every time she catches a boy looking at her, she feels deep shame about her yeah. body because modesty has yeah. been tied so much to shame and the shame yeah. and, and women are, have been taught over the years to shame, uh, to feel shame about their bodies because their bodies lead boys to behave immorally which is, that's the biggest thing that I think people are fighting against. It definitely does. I remember being at a youth conference when I was probably, same youth conference, I was probably not wanting to shower in the group showers. (laughs) There was this uh, state youth conference, and we went down to Southern California, and um, I remember the speaker gets up, there's probably like five to 10,000 kids, and he goes, girls, if you want the dogs, put on the dog food. And everyone goes crazy, right? Really? Yeah, and 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 everyone just thought I was the great, you know, like oh yeah, he's telling girls that's to, to dress, you know, appropriate or whatever. One aspect of that is kind of true. I mean, even in your own, like you told me a story where you know you you wanted to date your wife because of when I met my wife, it was around Halloween. I met her in Florida, and on the on the in the middle of being on tour with Hanson, so I could only go on like you know Facebook and our texts and stuff because we were kind of trying to get to know, get to know each other and i don't know I, can't, I i don't think she went out for halloween but i was thinking to myself if she kind of had a slutty halloween costume i probably <laughs> would have just been like oh i don't want to talk to this girl you know what i mean she was like, like if she was like a naughty nurse or something you would have you would have like judged a naughty her character. nurse or like a a bunny a loose bunny whatever those <laughs> things are so part of you <laughs> So part of you is, in in a sense, you're a hypocrite in some some regard because you do yeah. think that the way that people present themselves is a testament to how they behave um, morally, so to speak. So whether or not they're, it's hard to say. You know, like if someone looks like a duck, talks like a duck. I mean, in some <laughs> senses, they're a duck, right? <laughs> like, I, and then I, it's funny because I said that to my wife and she's like, oh, I definitely wore some outfits, you know, in college that you probably would have yeah. frowned upon. Don't judge a book by its cover is probably a good little moral to the story. However, we can't help but do that. You know, yeah. our natural, yeah. what we're, our brain just naturally goes to this risk reward part where we go, based on the information I'm getting right now, about that yes. girl, I'm taking, I'm making the conclusion that she's not someone that I want to date. <laughs> it's funny because I definitely stereotyped my wife the first night I met her, and obviously, you know, the first time you meet anybody, the, you know, the means is what you are attracted to somebody are are pretty shallow, right? Like, right. And then you hope it grows from there. So as I got to know my wife, if those premonitions came true, then I definitely would have probably ended it at some point, right? right? And the way someone dresses and the way someone acts and talks, I mean, those are all red flags. I mean, that first night, you know, I I, I kind of was like, oh, cute girl at a show. Already, red flag. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, girl at a concert. Right. <clears throat> X against you. You know right. what I mean? See, I and met- it's funny as a band guy to say that, but... You you know what I'm talking about, I'm, right? I met my wife at at um at Christian summer camp, so I <laughs> oh. I I knew right away that she was a God fearing uh, 
she was just shamed into shamed. wearing a, <laughs> an eight. Yeah. But uh, what about now that you're you're married and you've been married for a while and your wife chooses clothes? Do you guys have conversations about that? Well, sometimes. I mean, she asks me if certain things are too whatever. You know, she doesn't want to be like. You know, part of me is like, isn't that just our construct of what modesty is? Like, in a truly free society, should she, should she be able to wear anything that makes her feel good and then not have to worry about criticism or this whole looks like a duck, walks like a duck, is a slut yeah. thing? Slut shaming? Like, shouldn't she be I, able to, to just be and do and then not be criticized? Yeah, I think it's difficult because it's like, on one hand, you have to make a decision put yourself out there and people want to le- be attractive well, and what about the double good. standard here it's like no dude is like hey is this tank top too revealing of my biceps like no dude has to like worry about what he's gonna wear i mean he could walk hey, around was- shirtless all day long and generally generally speaking no one's gonna call him a slut one time my friend said dude let's wear these cutoffs i said no i don't want girls to see my armpits he said, what? That doesn't make any sense. I have a story for you, man. I remember being at <laughs> wedding, and uh, it was across the country. I didn't have a, I didn't have a chance to uh, get fitted for the pants. And I put these pants on, buddy, and it was, it was like things were tied you up were front. Le- it was definitely- <laughs> you were about ready to lead some women into temptation. <laughs> My wife at the time, fiance, was like, whoa, you're, uh, you're, you're kind of putting yourself out there a little bit. <laughs> And I was like, "What do you mean? I, what do I do?" She's like, "I don't know. It's definitely pretty tight, and we can see it. So we can see some things." <laughs> so sometimes, you know, I guess if you have tight pants on, you know, you can make some women stumble, Matt. So watch out. Stumble in in laughter in in a way like I mean, obviously, you know, you go over to Europe and and guys are on the beach in speedos, and so there's a lot of bulge <laughs> happening there. And that's a bulge. and that's to, that's totally fine for them, right? But in our culture, we we, we say, "What is that guy? That guy's creepy. Like, why is he yeah. wearing that?" You know, yeah. and we we draw these um, these conclusions about their character, their, and we make judgments because contextually, it's it's different. I was talking to someone in our parents' generation about this, and she was saying how Beyonce is like out there shaking her booty and her boobs and selling sex. And I was like, no, if in her culture, like when you understand what hip hop dance is and what it means, when you understand the nature of the fact that she's a self-made woman, she's independent, you have to understand that like she, she comes from a different culture where and and she's a woman, and you can't say, okay, for all women everywhere they have to behave this way they're not allowed to dance like that they're not allowed to wear those yeah you know things and you know i was just and i think that i think that frustrates people i think people listening to you say that right now are driving their cars into trees like <laughs> what <laughs> i can't believe he said that ah. well at the same and time he, though even like, something in me goes uh, really like I, I i mean i agree with you but something says no she can't dance that way well, it te- you know what it, i mean it, it takes empathy though I, I, all right you're a you're um a 40 year old woman who wears jeans right M- mom jeans mom jeans i guess they're, they're not too tight whatever if you mom if i jeans. put you smack dab in the middle of saudi arabia with your mom jeans on you will be called you will be labeled a prostitute essentially really yeah because of the way that you you're dressed and you sure. could be raped you could be beaten you could be murdered because you wore jeans. Now, yeah. are, are you saying jeans are bad? They would say jeans are bad. 
We don't say genes yeah. are bad. So we all have this different varying uh, magnitude totally. of what we what we claim modesty is. And so when Hoops says modest is hottest, yeah, it's it's a trigger for a lot of people because they heard that growing up, and what that really was doing was saying. Don't show any part of your body. Shame on your body. It's the thing that leads people astray. Yeah. You know, it's your responsibility if these boys look at you and lust. And I think our generation is seeing the damage of that that idea. I mean, he could totally be talking about the unassuming estimation of someone's abilities. Like, oh, you're modest. Like, you don't like Cam Newton going out there and being like, right. oh, man, I'm the best. You want to be modest about his abilities. And when he doesn't, you sit and watch the the Super Bowl and just laugh when he gets smeared by the defense of <laughs> the Denver was, Broncos. That was me. I loved him. I, w- I loved watching him become modest. <laughs> yes. Um, but what I'm trying to say is Hoops could be saying, look, I just like people who are modest, who are just not assuming. Uh, well, because it tr- um, it's a trigger word, like you said. It's a trigger word. Yeah. It triggers a lot of these things because it means something different than what it used to mean. It used to be a virtue. You know, it used yeah. to be like a virtuous person was modest and they weren't they didn't have a lot of braggadocio or whatever, uh, and they they weren't pompous or arrogant. They were modest. Is that where the word brag comes from? I don't. I don't even. I don't even know if I braggadocio. Said it right. Is that like a braggadocio Italian car? Braggadocio. Hey, bring a bring around the braggadocio. I want to get out of here. <laughs> So Rachel Evans says, look, women are not responsible for the actions of men. Absolutely. Right? I think we agree with that. There's different cultures that determines modesty. Right. And we turn modesty to objectification when women are ashamed of their bodies. Well, let's put yourself in the future, Matt. You have two daughters. Jeez. They're going to be going through this soon. Sure. You've thought about this. It's kept you up at night, I'm I'm sure. What my role is, I think, as... As a man, because I think that I am, I am going to be the prototype that they use to judge, or the litmus test that they use to measure other men, if whether or not yeah. they're suitable for them or whatever. They'll use a lot of their relationship with me to decide those things, and so I think my main thing when it comes mm. to shame culture is I want my daughters to know that they're that they're beautiful <clears throat> inside and out, and I want them to see me like not not try to tell them that their their bodies are something to be ashamed of but at the same time teaching them a level of self-respect i'm going to probably have established rules in place about what you can and cannot wear as a teenager in my house i will and do you think that's because like richard rohr says you know, the first half of your life rules are good. Rules yeah, are good for absolutely. You. I think I think them them struggling. You're, t- you're against, not oh, you're not old enough to understand why you need rules. Right, basically, them struggling against the rules um, helps them define their identity and helps them to have a level of personhood. And so, I I think I will have rules about what what my daughters will be wearing. So you might say to your daughters, "Hey, modest is hottest." Uh, yeah, but the, <laughs> but my level of modesty might change over time, especially with yeah, what yeah, the culture yeah, yeah. is at, but I, well, here's the thing. I here's know, the funny I, thing I, about it. I don't think it. they should modest do it to be is... hot. It, that's, that's the thing. I think yes, you, you should yes. dress in a way that, that makes you feel confident that, um, that doesn't, that isn't trying or attempting to attract people that you don't want to attract. 
it's really about self-respect and self-confidence. And if you're confident enough to go out in a mini skirt and it's not about other people um, looking at you and or objectifying you in a certain way, I think that's okay. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, until I'm put in the situation where my daughter's walking out, you know, on her 15th birthday in a <laughs> miniskirt, I don't know how I'm going to react. I have my own yeah. preconceptions of what modesty should be. And probably I'm going to be like, those boys at that age can't, they can't be trusted. So yeah, please don't, yeah. you know, I know how little boys are. I was one. And that's the problem is you know how a man thinks. You you and I were there. I think the best thing like, I could do is probably just explain what goes on in the mind of teenage boys in a way that's just like revealing, like not not to pressure my kids, my daughters to be uh, more modest or whatever, but just to let them know yeah. that like, when you behave this way, this is what they're thinking. And, um, you know, it's not your fault, yeah. but... If the testosterone was just come down a bit at certain points in my life, I would just be able to think more clearly. Right. And that's adolescence and that's being a teenager and the hormones and all the changes. So it's like a catch-22 for them. Well, let's bring on let's bring on Hoops now. I think it's probably time. Should we call him up? Yeah. So we're on the phone with our friend Matthew Hoops, who plays in the band Reliant K. And Matt, you are the guy that inspired this podcast episode because you made a post on Facebook that was really interesting. People responded in an interesting way to it. You want to tell us a little bit about uh, what you said on your band's Facebook page? Yeah, I'd love to, actually. Uh, I posted three words. (laughs) Modest is hottest. Modest is hottest. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's it. And that sparked um, a controversy, uh, a wave of support, number of different uh, reactions, and a wave of hate. They all sorts a, of all sorts of support. They have, and hate. So, what do you mean by by modest is hottest? I don't know. I, I didn't actually really mean anything by it. That was kind of the point. Uh, but I was talking with a friend earlier in the day. She had never heard that phrase before, and I just said it in conversation, just being funny. She was dying laughing about it. And later that evening, I was just thinking about how funny that phrase was to me. (laughs) And so I was just like, oh, maybe someone else will think this is funny, too. Modest is hottest. Do you believe that modest is hottest? Uh, You know what? In some ways, I actually can fully relate to that. Uh, Typically more attracted to a woman who carries herself that way. What does modest mean to you? Yeah, what does it mean to you? I looked it up the other day. Actually, uh, someone was someone had posted the the actual definition of it, and it doesn't it doesn't actually necessarily pertain to clothing or a style of clothing or sexuality. It's no, no, yeah. not in any way. But that's it's, how we take it in our. That's culture. how we take it. We take it as wearing conservatively, uh, not having the thong out the back with the tramp. Yeah, stamp. yeah, exactly that. <laughs> Why do you think people took it so polarizing? Uh, just, you know, because there were, there were kind of like two sides of this, you know, uh, of people that were offended at that comment. What was the what, what was the one side that was just like, how dare you? What, what was their point? Well, they, they actually both were like that. Oh, okay. Uh, it was really interesting. I'm not sure if you guys have read all of the comments, but um, I tried to. <laughs> and the, the two sides of the comments were uh, from this kind of like feminist mindset of how dare you tell me what to wear, you know, like, which was not my intent, you know, it's pretty misogynistic in their, in their viewpoint that a a man would tell a woman what to wear or try to influence the way that they dress. 
Yeah, um, or or is like I was talking down to to people that that don't dress that way, you know, right, which is right. not what I was doing at all. Yeah. Uh, and then there was actually uh, from this uh, very conservative Christian side, there were people saying, you know, you're how could you say this is hot? How could you say I'm hot? You're you're demeaning <laughs> oh. the, the eyes of God. And uh, I was wow. not created for so this. So like hot was the bad word, not the modesty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not the modesty. <laughs> so part. you just had a just a this is just such a good polarizing three word sentence. Would you because, say you were in the hot seat? <laughs> You could say that. So people took it on either side. Well, I, I can't get the hottest people. What the hottest camp? Why are they so mad about this? Seems like you're trying to support modesty, and they should be into that, right? I think a lot of the people are just coming from such different places, and they, they everyone has their own baggage and uh, right. you know things that they have held on to and ways that they've been hurt in the past and. Especially I, by modesty culture in general. Uh, probably. Yeah, well, and, someone said that like hottest isn't the goal. Like the goal isn't to be yeah, the hottest. Yeah. I actually just looked up the word modest. Uh, unassuming or moderate in the estimation of one's abilities or achievements. Is that, what you were, is that what you were thinking? Is that the context that you wrote it in? Or were you thinking dress-wise, dress, dress wise, how you dress? Uh, I guess I was thinking of it in, in more of an overall state. But also... Like when I see a pretty girl walking down the street, uh, I am typically more drawn to her as someone I don't know if she is dressed modestly. That's that's the main thing is I think every each of us are so different, you know? And right. that that may be my preference, that may be my preference of dressing and maybe that's why I relate more to women who dress like that. Isn't isn't the bigger issue that like we kind of come to these preconceptions based on the way people dress like we like especially and especially we're talking about girls here because so we're saying that somehow the way that a girl dresses is is tied to the way that she behaves and i guess that stereotype can be proven true in some situations but isn't isn't it limiting in a lot of ways like no one's going and and it's kind of hypocritical because no one's saying that to a man you don't see a guy who's walking around shirtless and call him a a slut or yeah. say that he behaves and you know he could be totally yeah i mean guys are like a bit of free pass in this in this world right which is that that's the double standard that i think a lot of um the people on yeah. the side of feminism so yours just like modest is hottest remember that from youth group and yeah. then some people some people are saying what why would you take a stance like that like you're taking a stance you're just saying something you're just throwing it out there into the ether and people are going to take it however they're going to take it you're not saying anything right you're just saying words you don't even yeah. you're like this is funny sort of yeah and i i typically don't read all the facebook comments i typically don't comment in the comments uh sometimes there are people having discussions and arguments even within our comment threads yeah. on facebook and i i normally just let them be you know just do their thing and uh i actually felt the need to clarify some things so i actually commented and I was like, hey guys, I love you. I'm not trying to state an overall worldview here or even a relevant thought. Just kind of remembering this from years ago and I thought it was funny. But also, <laughs> yes, I realize that life is more complex than this. Wear what you like. We support you. Uh, I had hoped more people would hear the lightness and inherent sarcasm in a post of this nature. Definitely didn't mean to offend anyone, just hoping to make you smile. Carry on, Facebook. Be yourself. <laughs> you <laughs> you noted, know, but, I think you noted too in the comments that... Uh, that Facebook seems to take a lot more offense to things than Twitter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, oh yeah, I did. You guys definitely have a unique fan base where you have 
you do have the modest fans and you do have the hottest fans. So, (laughs) I mean, if anyone's going to get trolled, it's probably going to be you guys if you post some ambiguous thing that has to do with uh, Hot Topic, right? Right. Does this make you, though, as a man, kind of like clam up when it comes to feminism? Do you not know what to say then? No, Um, I've... I've, uh I, yeah, I have decided that I don't know what to say about feminism. I don't think that there is something I can say as a man. As a man looking at the feminist movement on social media, it is. It just makes me mute. I don't know what to do or say half the time. Well, well, anything, anything you, anything be, you, you say, about yeah, it. Yeah. anything you say at this point, especially when it's in in social media, like I'm gonna I'm gonna get chewed alive for this probably a little bit for for the stuff I've said even about my daughters potentially being having rules about their modesty or whatever. I mean, modesty, but what is that? Anytime you talk about this stuff and you're a man, people are going to attack you. It doesn't mean you should just not talk about it. In my opinion, I think putting yourself out there and being vulnerable to attack and making statements that cause people to either think or react in a way that is um, heated. I think that's the, that gets discussions going and it can be positive. I just don't know what the the right place for that is. The safest, you know? yeah, it's probably not Facebook. So I think as long as we're, what we're all saying, I think as men is women need to be treated equally. That's yeah, what we're actually yeah. saying. Then we can think, say that. I we think can if say the, that if the conversation always goes back to equality, then you're fine. Right. Like like that's just what I'm saying. I'm just. But if saying you're saying equality. women should be like this and that, and these double standards need to be upheld, then we should probably shut up. Yeah, yeah. It's just you know you you really don't have a part in the discussion, I don't think. Right. What would you, would you say that you're modest hoops and have you ever taken a group shower? Oh wow. Two good questions. Uh <laughs> yes, I would say that I am incredibly modest overall, like maybe too much so. Uh How many of your friends has, has Matt Teeson seen your penis? Nope. What? Yeah, believe that. <laughs> That's unbelievable. That is actually one of the strangest and most different parts of our band. How long <laughs> have you guys been friends? Uh, since like second grade, we we started playing together, playing music together in high school. So like twenty five years. Oh yeah, easily. and not a single, not a single uh, DP, not, not a single none. slip. Yeah, are none. you a never nude? You never played swords. No, we were just more, we were more modest. I don't know. That's just as a group, we were just like, oh, whatever. You know, we've, we've had guys in our bands that, that group shower all the time. They just think it's funny. But I just don't want to do, do that. Do you wear cutoff <laughs> jean shorts under your shorts? Always, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we used to call those, uh, we used to call the showers that come from a single pole in the middle with like six showers yeah. on the end of it. You yeah, know that you could- kind? Yeah, yeah, we used to call those the "see you at the pole" showers. <laughs> see you at I don't the pole. Get that reference, but uh, <laughs> see you at the pole. That's amazing. Oh, prayer. At yeah. The well, uh, <laughs> all right. Thanks, Matt. I actually have to go, but uh, all right. Thanks, Love you. thanks, Matthew Hoops. We appreciate you coming on yeah, the thanks, podcast. Matt. Let's uh, let's talk about this. We can't do an episode on modesty without bringing a woman on the show to give a real balanced opinion. So I have a friend who's written some books, and her name's Sarai Johnson, and we're going to get her on the show and uh, give the female side a real um, modest, uh, modest, 
<laughs> a real honest, um, balanced perspective. Welcome to the podcast, Sarai Johnson. Um, she's an author, speaker, coach, activator with big ideas. She's the founder and principal of Lean Nonprofit and a self-described potty mouth. And an old friend of mine has written two <laughs> books. And uh, one of those books is perfect for the topic that we're talking about, which is Modest is Hottest. Right away, Sarai, what, is that, what does that word do for you? <laughs> yeah, that phrase. Um, so as you mentioned, I wrote the book Letters to Boys. Uh, and what I'm really talking about in that book is growing up evangelical and homeschooled and pretty naive about men and the ways of the world. So um, one of the things that I grew up thinking and believing was that women were responsible for how men acted and behaved sexually. Uh, so the way that we dressed, the way that we walked, the way that we stood even, uh, the things that we said were all a huge part of um, kind of the code of conduct that that women were expected to adhere to. Uh, and I think, you know, my reaction to it now as an adult is to really understand that uh, it's a lot about controlling women's behavior mm -hmm. and appearance and uh, what what we're able to do with our bodies and our minds even uh, and I find it to be a, a bit frustrating to <laughs> put it lightly <laughs> do you recall feeling any level of shame about um, the pressure to be dress act modest when you were growing up oh yeah absolutely yes um, I there are some things that that were actually really life-altering for me that happened when I was really young, I remember once um, when I was about 15 years old and just sort of starting to, uh, you know, grow, grow my lady bits and so forth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I remember walking into the mall one day with my mom and one of my friends and my mom w remarked on my clothes because I mm. wore really baggy clothes and I also had really poor posture. But I realized at that moment when my mom said, like, why are you walking like that? Are you trying to hide your boobs? <laughs> I, I realized I was. And then, like, but I didn't stop doing that until I was like 32. <laughs> wow. So we're trying to learn how can we help not perpetrate? How do we do this? How do we get better? Oh, man, that's such a good question. Well, I think that there's there's a lot of responsibility on the part of both genders to change the way that that this is for our kids, you know, because I think about it, too. I also have two boys. And so I'm always thinking about well, how can I help my kids learn how to understand, you know, how to respect all people and treat them with respect and with equity as well. Mm -hmm. You know, on the side of women is helping them to celebrate what it means to be a woman and not not in just a kind of normative sense, but in what it means to be yourself as the woman you are and to help them identify who they are as when they're young and to accentuate the things about them that are really positive and strong things and help them find their voice in the world and mm -hmm. understand that they're allowed to and re expected to have a voice. Because I think that's another really challenging piece around, you know, talking about this sort of religiously imposed modesty uh, it's a lot about imposing someone else's standards upon you mm -hmm. rather than you learning who you are and being able to express yourself in the world. Right. And I think that comes through not just in how you dress or how you walk or whatever, but also in how you are. Mm -hmm. um, and that, and I think helping women, young women, girls to not be limited by those things is important. Um, and also to help them learn how to be, um, how to be respectful of men as well, you know, and how to be, their strong selves and also challenge men to be the same way. 
you know, and I haven't, my kids are just three and five, so we aren't talking really about like girls yet, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but when we do, you know, I want to treat, help them to learn how to respect women and how to, um, I've, you know, recently left a marriage that was really not healthy. Um, and part of that is because I want my children to understand how they should treat a woman. And, um, I didn't mm. feel that was reflected in my home. And so, you know, some of that is is helping them to see um, in my future relationships how that works. And then as I'm working with their dad and co-parenting, how we've learned to work together differently, um, living separately as mm-hmm. well. So, you know, I think it's a day-to-day practice about learning how to help them find their voices and not being afraid of that. Because I think a lot of that culture is shrouded in fear. Right. Yeah. And modesty can mean a couple things. We talked about how it can just be unassuming. It's not necessarily how you dress or – but does the word just immediately trigger, okay, this is for women and how they dress? Is that just kind of what the word is now? Uh, that's a really – that's an interesting thought. You know, I think <laughs> that words words evolve over time and their meanings definitely change according to the cultural usage that we give them. Um, and I think that modesty has really come to mean how you dress mm-hmm. um, more than even how you behave. Yeah, it's a little tricky. Like I know that there's there's this sort of tension that even I feel about having to adjust how we say things mm-hmm. uh, because of sensitivities, you know, because it's like, well, how far do we need to go to accommodate people like freaking out <laughs> or not yeah. freaking out versus like how do we actually be respectful of this dialogue and have a dialogue instead of saying words that are so inflammatory to people that we're not able to actually talk about it. Right. To me, it's like, okay, we can just use different words. If that's going to be, if that's going to drag up some, some abuse or issues, we can use different words. Yeah. He was talking about how even the word hottest. So he had, Uh he had, he had the left mad at him for the word modest and he had the right mad at him for the word hottest. Yeah. Um, (laughs) We we just thought, man, this is a super polarizing issue. Like you said, women are, are the gatekeepers of sexuality and responsible for the behavior of men. And we're like, I don't believe that. How do we not perpetrate that? Not only are women the gatekeepers to sexuality, but we're all, we're also supposed to be like asexual. Right. Right. You right. know, while at the same time also being hot, you know, so there's this <laughs> sort of weird objectification of, Mm. women underneath the shroud of like being the Proverbs 31 woman, you know, <laughs> it's like be everything yeah. to all people, but also don't, don't ever think about sex. And if you do like, let's just never speak of this again. You right. Know? right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, I, and this actually brings up to me. Um, so Nate and I know each other because we worked at a summer camp together mm-hmm. and there was this particular faction of, of men who were working there who wore like sh- super short shorts, like as a hilarious joke you know, 70s yeah, running sure. shorts. Do you remember that, Nate? <laughs> I, I kind of do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't one of those guys. The pockets think. hanging out the sides. No, thankfully you were not, but it would <laughs> it would have been hilarious if you were to some people. But there was a day, I remember, um, I was in the camp office with two of my women friends and two male counselors uh, who were also friends of mine, and they were wearing those short shorts. And my friend said, I need to be honest with you guys. Um, we're always talking about like not causing each other to stumble, which is another favorite phrase of mine. Uh, and I am really 
turned on by these short shorts. <laughs> and it and like she was serious. You know, she's like, I don't That's awesome. It's, it really turns me on when you're not wearing shirts and you're wearing these short shorts, which was what they were both wearing at that moment. Wow. Uh and I I feel like it's a double standard and I'd like to ask you to maybe be respectful and, and put on some normal clothes. And they both of them cracked up laughing and just like started hugging her and touching her. Oh my god. Oh no way. Yeah. So like a, t- a terrible response. And Completely. she was serious and they thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Okay, this is a, yeah. this is a good this is a good story to kind of break down, I think. Um in an ideal world, what what response would you say if you were in the middle and you were like, this happened, so what's the strategy? What do you say to these guys to help them understand what's actually going on here? Well, I think um, I think a huge part of it is just listening and taking it seriously. Because I think that, you know, in that particular culture, and I think in general, that oftentimes men don't take women seriously when they talk about sexuality. Right. I mean, that's why, like, there's this whole conversation about... Um, this, I mean, this all gets into even consent and sexual assault and what right. that consists of and when it happens and what is it. And the thing about men not taking women seriously when they say no mm. sexually is the same thing, I think, as them not taking it seriously when, you know, in this context, this woman was saying, this is a stumbling block for me. So maybe you could help me not think impure thoughts by you dressing more modestly. Mm. You know, instead of that just being a hilarious joke, like, why would we have to dress modestly? We're dudes and you're girls. Like, you yeah. should go put on a shroud oh, and we can wear almost nothing. So, like, it's just great to have you on because I could put myself in that situation as a teenager and I can see myself behaving that way. Is it a double standard? Because what girls are saying, it seems, is like, hey, don't tell me how to dress. Right. So what what if the guys in this situation said that to back to the girls, like, hey, I can wear whatever I want. If I wear short shorts or a thong, it's summer camp. I'm allowed to do that. Isn't right. aren't either sides not allowed to say anything now? Is that kind of the rule? Like everyone's responsible for their own lust and you can't put it on somebody else? Well I think that's definitely true, for sure. Uh, but I don't think that means that we're not allowed to say anything about it. I think, I mean, okay. I say that the first step is I think we should probably work on taking the shame out of sexuality in the first place yes. because it's not bad. It's right. natural and normal and wonderful and an awesome thing. And I think we freak everybody out by making it this like horrifying, sinful situation when right. like, honestly, is it so bad that a boy touches his pee pee? Like, yeah. is it? Yeah. I don't think so. I personally don't think so. No. And I think, you know, we make it into this big thing and then people yeah. are embarrassed about it. And the more you make it into a forbidden type fruit, I think the more you see the response to be to be more addictive and in secrecy and it's this restrictive, you know, let's harken back to the Garden of Eden. You've got all this, but you can't you can't eat from that tree. And in reality, what's the one thing they want to do at that point? So you put a button on the wall, say, don't touch this. Everyone's going to touch it. So right. why, why don't we say, yes, it's normal to touch your body parts and figure out what that feels like. And that's OK. I, I just see like pornography addiction and things like that going way, way down overall. I definitely think so. I mean, I, the way that I think of it is like imagine, you know, those little Easter egg things, those plastic ones that you get candy in. Right. And you can take yeah. them apart. So like if you imagine that your personality, like everything you are as a human is like a squishy ball that's like a little bit bigger than one of those. 
<laughs> but you really want to fit it into this Easter egg thing because like that's the shape you're supposed to be now. Right. You you can't really close it without squishing things out. And like that squishing stuff out is mm. the things that you express in unhealthy ways because they're not acceptable. So like, you know, okay, well, I'm not really supposed mm. to touch myself, but because it is a natural thing, it becomes a compulsion and then you do express it in weird ways and like people do do things that are not healthy for them or for other people. Right. And we end up exploiting ourselves and or other people. And like that's that's partly why I think is because we can't accept the wholeness of what it is to be human and what it means to, you know, to enjoy sexuality. Like that's actually a gift from God. It, right. It's it's purely a wonderful thing. So I think, you know, if we can instill that in our kids, like here's Here's what this is, and here's where it's appropriate and how you can express that in a way that's really mm. healthy and good for you and not, you know, shame it to death so we don't have to think about our kids yeah, that way. Right. You know, because I think for me, like, I feel my parents really thought it was weird to think of the fact that I might be a sexual creature at some mm. point, you know? Yeah, like, but that's yeah. just normal. <laughs> like, that's mm-hmm. what happens. Well, you know, it's <laughs> funny on the. On- on the male end of things, I remember that second summer of camp. The funny thing is there was one guy who was a counselor who had never masturbated and it it became public and he was like 20 and he was just this like – he was looked at as just like this, you know, chiseled David statue in the midst of all these just <laughs> terrible, <laughs> terrible humans. And, 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 and that's what became the topic of the summer in the guy's camp is just like, so how are you doing? How long have you gone? It was just yeah. stupid. Well, it's, so dumb. It's, and that's, and that's like what college Bible study was all about. I mean, yeah. yep. <laughs> because you're basically living in a realm of like complete sexual frustration for your entire like young adulthood. If you're following the yeah. rules, you know, it, I actually have a chapter in my book about camp and it starts out saying something like, Remember when we were all at camp and we were steeped in sexual frustration and energy because we were there to do ministry and definitely not have sex with each other? Like, <laughs> I mean, but it's but it's true. Like, it was. Do just, you remember the a, long lines of massages? Uh, yes. Yeah. The, the long trains down the steps yep. and on uh-huh. the hillsides and just everywhere, people trying to touch each other. Yep. Just the like super Christiany ways of like flirting or whatever right. and yeah. praying and praying holding together hands. together and Bible study. Bible <laughs> well, study we, start, together. we start off this podcast talking about group showers and how I was shamed <laughs> as a junior high kid not to take them. And really? I had probably – I had never seen more naked men that summer. Just the guys were just – anytime they could get naked and run around, it was – the sexual tension, you could have cut it with a knife. It was <laughs> yes. ridiculous. I was just well, like, you get what like is going 50, on? Well, you get 50, 20-year-olds in the same place and it's kind of like, well, here we are. You know? <laughs> so what, okay, so what do you do? How do you, how do you dress – how do you make these rules? It wouldn't be good if all these 20-year-olds were just humping in the bushes every given moment. So there should be some standards, some rules. And that's what Matt and I are trying to figure out. Like, what do we do? How do we combat this? Well, I think I can I hear think the conservatives has- just going, oh, everyone's just going to be having sex everywhere then. There's no rules. I don't, I don't believe in the pendulum swinging all the way back the other direction. I know that there's a balance that we can strike where everybody feels valued. That's what I'm trying. That's the balance I'm trying to strike. How do right. we do that? Well, I think uh, it has to start with every individual person, you know, and there, yeah, there can be standards and there can be ways that we talk about how we respect each other, you know, in equal ways. 
But I think we also, so first of all, like I said already, like taking the shame out of sexuality is important and, Mm -hmm. and helping it to be in the right context as people grow up, even when they're children, because it's, it's not something you're not aware of. You know, it's, it's something that becomes pretty clear fairly early on, depending on who you are. Um, I think the other thing is help them learn how to make their own decisions out of mutual respect and out of care for themselves and for others rather than out of shame. I think there can be standards, but I don't think that those standards need to be enforced by shame. And I think that's like the thing about, you know, how I'm trying to learn how to parent my kids differently than how I was raised. Like, well, I don't want to shame my children into behaving a certain way. I want to help them understand why they should behave this way and what is okay and what's not okay. You know? Yeah. Growing up, we all had that. It's, it's not okay. It's not okay. You're not okay. If you do this, Mm -hmm. And I think, like Richard Rohr says, Nate and I talk about him quite a bit, but he says the the way to address young people today specifically is to just say, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Whatever the problem is, what just let them know that they are okay. And then you can have, then you, then you'll see much better behavior, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, because when we <clears throat> repress and suppress and, uh, you know, ostracize, we, the, like you said, there is that development of compulsive behavior which does way more damage overall than a little bit of experimenting or whatever comes natural as a as a teenager you know my mom would say things like you look like a slut wow (laughs) and i'd be like oh really i've never kissed a boy i'll show you (laughs) too like (laughs) (laughs) so i think it's it's a matter of like having real honest conversations with girls and boys like with girls you know hey here's the things that guys sometimes do and they might be raised in a culture that makes it okay for them to be this way but it's not okay for them to be this way right and here's how you can be in response to that you know here's how you are strong and here's how you have your own self-determination like right and i think ultimately like we all have to take responsibility for ourselves and we're the only ones we can control you know and i think that's where I, I find the idea of like not causing your brother or sister to stumble right. is a mutual command in the Bible. It's not like women, you do this, men don't worry about it. Do right. Like that's, yeah. and it's been twisted to be only about women and like, especially how they dress. And it's been talked, it's talked about in that one context. Rachel Held Evans brought up the idea of, um, Jesus saying, if your eye causes you to sin, cut your eye out. So like mm-hmm. the idea, like the idea is like, it's your, your sin is your responsibility. Not yeah. if your eye is looking at some, some lady in a seductive burqa, tell her to cover up some more. It's not the moral of the story. The moral is deal with your own plank in your own eye, you know? Right. And that's what he's kind of always drawing you to, to like re- renew and refine yourself in your own actions and not make it all external. Like it's someone else's fault. Well, I think we I think we did good. I think we got some good yeah. stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Sarai. We really appreciate you coming on and sharing some insights with us. Yeah, yeah thanks, thanks so much, much for having me. This was awesome. And that was Sarai Johnson. She is uh, author, speaker, coach, activator, all-around good person with a lot of good stuff to say. Um, her book, Letters to Boys, is about sexual assault, 
about healing the rift between masculine and feminine, and it's available on Amazon if you guys want to check it out. Well, I so, think what we learned is that modesty is a is a trigger word, and you know, just listen to what Sarai is saying. It brings up a lot of negative connotations with it, carries a lot of yeah. baggage with it. Probably not something you want to joke about on the internet, um, considering how many women today have have dealt with a certain sense of shame about their bodies um, enforced upon them through or via the word modesty. So I think we lost that one because we abused it. Yeah, and here's something I was thinking about. I, I noticed how many times in the history of my childhood till now where if I was in like a evangelical situation where they would separate the boys and they would separate the girls and they would have these talks. Like I remember being hired to film for Campus Crusade when in college, and there was this point where I was supposed to film the whole weekend, right? And the, they did that thing where they split the girls on one side and the guys on the other right. side. And I walk into the girls thing just to film it for a split second, and there was like, you know, 1,500 girls in there, or I don't know if it's that many, it was hundreds at least, and, 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 the, and the speaker stands up, she goes, get out of here! And I'm just like, I was so embarrassed, because I was like, I'm just filming for a second, I'm not eavesdropping and you know what I mean and I'm like what could you possibly say that's totally right. gonna be like this thing like I can't hear that's the thing that Sarai is talking about in her in her book which is the rift between masculine and feminine mm -hmm. we, we were brought up thinking very separate you know men on this side women on the other side and yeah. like we have these secrets that we don't share with each other and and there is a rift there culturally that needs to be healed that we need to actually see each other as equal and not this separate entity altogether and granted there are differences between yeah. genders i'm not saying there aren't but um but i think we've polarized those differences a little too much oh, yeah definitely double standard and it's just difficult i think the thing i the, the last thing i thought was just like there is really no easy answer to any of this like what are you going to tell your daughters i don't know that's up to you and that's up to their personalities and that's up to where the culture is and what am I going to say to my boys? I don't know. We have to have a real conversation. There's really no like silver bullet for this problem, this issue. And uh, I think we want the silver bullet, especially sure. you know, as male yeah. leaders. We want to say, girls, like it has to be three inches off the knee or whatever. Well, this has episodes. been a very informative podcast. Um, you guys out there, please help us out by giving us some feedback, trollspodcast.com. There's a contact form there, or don't email the trolls at gmail.com. We've been getting a lot of emails, a lot of good feedback, a lot of good critique. We appreciate all of it, and we're just a couple of dudes talking about yeah. stuff that we don't know about, and so we probably missed a ton of things, and um, we're just trying to be brave and address certain topics, especially when we can tend to be the perpetrators of ill and wrong in the world so help us send us some feedback share the, share this podcast with people um please share it and we appreciate you uh sticking with us all right have a good and one don't feed the trolls don't feed them 